Hello and welcome to another episode of Your No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. And I am your other host, Daniel Colburn. That's great to hear, Daniel. Today's episode is brought to you by Marvel Snap. That's right. Thank you, Marvel Snap. Uh, What's Marvel Mm -hmm. Snap? Caleb. Marvel Snap is a really, really fun mobile card game that I have been throwing countless hours into. Okay. (laughs) It's like, you know how... Have you used TikTok? I heard of it, yeah. Have you used it? I have... I don't have it, but... You don't have it. I mean, I get it. Like, I think... So TikTok is really, really addictive. And here's why. Is because you know the next video is only 30 seconds or a minute long. Yeah. So you're like, ah, swipe What's one more time. 30 seconds? Swipe one. Exactly. So Marvel Snap is a card game where okay. you play against other people. Um, and the games take like two minutes. Okay. And nice. it is so... so like, oh, what's another game? It's so good. It is so <laughs> fun. It is so good. I'm having a blast. And it is ruining my life. <laughs> like sleep doesn't like you know like leading up to sleep is when i would be playing it you know yeah it's just like boom 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 it was like dude i gotta go to bed i gotta go to bed anyway marvel Marvel snap Snap. it's very good or marvel marvel like it's all the cards are like spider-man or whatever is it by marvel yeah oh funny so sanctioned can you play with friends that you know Yes, they just added that ability. Marvel Snap. Maybe this will be like... I'm always on the lookout for ways to connect with my... Um, Friends. With the youth. Of, oh, with uh, the youth. My nieces and nephews. Like we play... Yeah. Um, we play Among Us from time to time and Minecraft. And like, I'm pretty cool because, you know, I know stuff about stuff and I can play games like that. So I got to be in the know. Yeah. And you're my Marvel cool Snap friend. Marvel Snap is very good. <clears throat> and... uh I mean, you'll probably be better at it than your nieces and nephews because it's a little heady. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's real fun. That's great. How are you? You're in Florida. I'm in Florida, Daniel. How's Florida? The Florida. It's great. Is Is it the same Airbnb? It is. Yeah. Yeah, It looks like. Yeah. We're we're not even, I guess we're not on Airbnb anymore. We just like did a, you know, handshake deal. Like just pay them to their bank account. Yeah, Yeah. Pay them money. Less, you know, we each save money. Less fees. Yeah. No fees. None of that. Um, so, yeah, it's actually, it's pretty great. It's exactly the same place and it's sunny and it's like 80 or something. It's great. And it's just oh. been like that every day. So, man, it's pretty great. Palm trees. That might be how they get you. That's how they get you. But I, I'm trying, I was looking into buying a place that's like, because I, like, what's the point where you're spending too much money where you should just buy a place? Um, I, you know, think. The conventional wisdom is you shouldn't. I know. And I feel that way every year. But the Airbnbs get better and better. You know, when we started, it cost us like three grand in Airbnb stuff. Uh Now we pay like, I think, eight grand. So here's a question. Could you uh, make back your money in the months that you're not there? I know. That's the big question. And I I don't fully know the answer. I think we could. 
Um, I've been trying Does to Hannah know a bunch of other Disney adults. We would not really. I mean, okay. she knows some, but it would be going through normal channels, Airbnb and VRBO. And I feel like if she knew thing. enough other Disney nerds, like you could just like, you know, make yeah. a small community of people who come and stay that at this be, place when they go to Disney. Right. That would be really nice. Um, yeah. But th- there's other ones available in here. And I was looking at some of the like, there's Air DNA and there's other things where you can look at what um, what people make on Airbnb, basically. They're they're not actual numbers, but they're supposed to be pretty close. Yeah. I don't know how they figure them out. Um, maybe they look at listings and like yeah, scrape Airbnb must. for the prices and then when they're booked. Um, but they make like pretty decent decent money but it, it varies like crazy like some people some of these places make like 20 30 grand a year some of them make 70 80 grand people claim they make like 100 150 i don't believe it mm. um but yeah well, i'm sure that- airbnb is like all of these like marketplace maker businesses like they're just juicing them fees to yeah. s- to take as much of that as possible Right. Right. And there's already like in in this area, there's a most of these places, there's HOA fees, almost all of them because they're all like gated resorts. Um, There's almost nothing just normal residential that would do well on Airbnb. They all need like a pool and, you know, all that stuff uh, for it to be sexy for Disney goers. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, what was I going to say? They uh, yeah, the HOA fees are like 600. This one's 600 bucks a month. Just the HOA fee, you know. Um, that's insane then there's property taxes then there's your mortgage then there's your utilities so mm-hmm. it, it would be super and they cost like they kind of start at like 380 400 grand and these are just like mm-hmm. two room condo type things yeah so and it would, the it would mortgage rates expensive. are fucking dog shit right now the mortgage rates right the mortgage rates so like you're paying in a you're lot of places like a six percent mortgage and yeah it's not good right but if it all worked out that you make money on it who cares um yeah i mean how much it costs but. except that you would then be a landlord right i know i know you know but then i go back to like i'm spending we need a bigger place anyway sure and i'm already spending like eight grand is eight grand a lot for eight grand for, for how long we basically february march and most of april half of april so, so three two and a half months solid sometimes closer to three months yeah so you're spending $2,300 a month. Okay. No, no, no. That would be seven grand. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're spending $2,700 okay. a month. All right. What's your mortgage? It's Well, it's a 15 years and it's like 1800 Yeah. So you're spending an extra... Thousand dollars a month than you would spend to live in your own house. I know. Plus, I'm you're also spending, spending what you right. would spend to live in your own house. I know. So yeah, it's a lot of money, Caleb. Oh man, it is a lot of money, dude. It's a lot of money. Yeah, I bet, dude. I bet they love this handshake deal that you have. Oh with yeah, them. no, they're, they do. They love. They're it. making. I mean, for sure, they're making twelve hundred dollars a month while you're there. Yeah, they make a good because they of money. bought this house before the inflation yeah they did when the mortgage rates were like one percent yeah and i actually before covid we were staying in one of these 
and we're looking on and we're like, I've, I've been asking myself if I should buy a place here every year. How and much were they when you were thinking that back then? Oh, they were 200 grand. <laughs> they were 200 grand and there were tons of them available. Uh-huh. Then COVID hit. Ne- the next year, now they're zero available. Yeah. Literally zero available. Now there's like three available and they're 400 grand. Um, I'm kicking myself, but yeah, whatever. You should but have I, bought all of them, Caleb. I should have bought all of them. But there's still people doing this. Like, I don't know. I'm just on bigger pockets forums and Reddit and trying to figure out like, oh my gosh. But but when I think about it, I could like I want to go big, you know, which is dumb. But I want like a nicer place, not so close to Disney. Yeah. And you know, these places are like six, seven, eight hundred grand, which insane. is insane. My house costs like two hundred and twenty five grand. Yeah. But I live in my house, so it's a waste of money. This is like you spend a bunch. Ideally, you make a bunch, and it makes it makes up for itself. So, yeah, I don't know, Daniel. I don't know. I feel like I'm in a weird place. Like I'm just either like I have two bad options: spend a boatload of money, or work a ton and accept a ton of risk. And potentially, what do you mean? like, like if if I did the route of like landlording, like it would mm-hmm. be a big risk, and I would have to put a ton of effort into every part of that process. You know. Yeah. So, and you're competing with like, this is the thing you're competing with people who own their homes outright and have a huge portfolio of them. Some of them. Yeah. There's a lot of just one. I would say, people, but you're right, right. But I would say like percentage wise, like more than probably 70% of these places yeah, are either owned outright or are like, paying a 1% mortgage from 2016, you know? Yep, that's true. They can out-compete me. Yep. Yeah, so like... On price. Right, so their costs all in are like $900 a month. Right. And your costs all in are like, you know... But the thing is, I mean, obviously accepting my three-month vacancy on the property, which would be hard to make up in itself, mm-hmm. it's like... Unless you I were lose... renting out your home back in Buffalo. Right, and that feels impossible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like who would want that i don't know i can't imagine somebody would be like i want to rent a house in, in the suburbs of buffalo very cold place um i want to i want to rent a house in the worst time to be in buffalo yeah for three months that's rough i can't imagine but yeah. maybe maybe we should try honestly the, the actual like village then, you live in is idyllic it's then like, you have awesome, to like but... make your house like like i know do all that you have to make your house into a like a rental property i know and which means you have to like pick up all your shit and like i know you know like that's gotta, the other thing if yeah. you're gonna own two properties one of them you need to be able to like spread out and get messy <laughs> you know i agree and it would be yeah there was so a missionary friend of ours was in town for a bit and was helping out with River and they needed a place to stay and we're like oh my gosh stay at our place like yeah you can have our house for 3 months and it felt so good to me mm-hmm. it was like this house is not sitting there i was listen i've been I was raised on that. Oh, I bet. Yeah, every I lived missionary in many houses needs that you could have for three months. <laughs> some rich person who you know has a house empty. Yeah, 
or uh, just random like oh we're gonna stay here for a month with these people until the other house opens up yep and then we're gonna go to that one for a year you know dude that's funny i mean this is totally their lives and lives of other like hannah's brother and Mm -hmm. sister were missionaries for a long time and that's what they that's what you do yeah dude and like i i want to be the person on the other end of that like i i think i don't know it's always just feels like a good feels good to Mm -hmm. to do that but you were that kid you were dude, we lived in this rinky-dink little house on the property of this church in Eldersburg, Maryland. Okay. It was a tiny house. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have a big house now. Like, my house is like 1,100 square feet. But, like, me and Charlotte and Max are filling this house up, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And it's bigger than the house that me and my three siblings and my parents lived in. That's crazy. Um, When we were in America. But, yeah, that house was, like, it was wild living in that house but like i think it was free so you had a wild childhood daniel i did you're not a normal person daniel no i'm always surprised how normal you are for the life you've well that see i immediately did drugs you know right like i came back and was like immediately like give me some lsd like i need to (laughs) like i need to experience the world i mean i feel like a lot a lot of people i know did that stuff yeah. And they weren't raised in ridiculous, you know, not in a bad way, but just crazy. Mm-hmm. They didn't lead crazy lives. I don't know. I still am surprised how well I can relate to you, Daniel. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. You would think I wouldn't be able to relate to you in, in no, like any yeah. way, but I feel like I could relate to you in almost all ways. Well, I think like my my normalness is made up of like opposite extremes, you know, and it like kind of averages out down the middle. Mm. You know what I'm sure. saying? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like missionary church kid. Missionary church kid like grew up in Japan, super kind of like sheltered, like, yeah. you know, whatever. To then like the other side, just like, you know. Vagrant. Vagrant, occasionally sort of homeless, yeah. selling drugs, doing stupid stuff. To like then, you know, whatever, like down the middle, boring developer. <laughs> right. That is funny. because. You are a down the middle boring developer, as am yeah. I. Uh huh. We're boring people. We're boring people. Well, you know the uh, the subtitle of our podcast is "Real Life Code Talk with Two Working Devs." <laughs> Dude, so we're just funny. we're out here being two it working is. devs. We are a couple of working devs. <laughs> couple of working Me devs, and you, Daniel. Wow, we are working, Daniel. We are working, dude. Daniel, my travel setup. You yeah. saw the tweet. You saw you saw the picture. I tweeted a picture of of my desk. Oh, I did. I saw the tweet. Yeah, and your obsidian. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Daniel, I am so into this. Every year, it's like stressful to recreate my desk setup. And this year, I'm like, I'm not bringing anything. Just my core stuff. I actually, you would like this because you're living light. You like stuff, as I do. I bought a bunch of stuff you to like travel stuff. with. We t- we talked about the, <laughs> the bag that I bought, the airbag, which I adore, by uh-huh. the way. Um, but yeah, I bought like a portable mic stand, a new mic. I got that. Sure. We already talked about this. Yep. Oh, the pop filter, mm-hmm. whatever. This is not stuff that the podcast cares about. I bought a new pop filter modify the, yeah, you sound pop- less poppy. Yeah. I'm a little, you know, a little poppy, but you know, I got, yeah, not as, you know, same, whatever. I I'm like, I got to figure out this desk thing, but I have like serious neck issues. Figured it out with Ikea. They have this cheap, like $80 desk with a drawer that you can cut out and turn into like a keyboard tray, um, whatever. And this, this cheap Ikea chair and dude, uh-huh. I think I'm just going to like do this at home. 
Like I feel better with this you're gonna setup. Become, you're going to become the minimal developer. Maybe. I like this better than my $600 standing desk. I bet this is my what Peter Levels $500 Aeron chair. Do you feel like Peter Levels right now? You think he does this? I, I promise you. You are I, you I promise you you are like the Peter Levels of right now. I think Peter Levels I always see pictures of him like very mobile. I picture him like laying on a couch. Only a laptop. Only a laptop. And like he I has one of those got, stands. I think he's I've got seen. a I think he's got a laptop stand. Yeah. I think he's That's got like he's super mobile. I don't, I don't know. Think he's I, got a desk. I could be wrong. I think but in he my, does what, so this thing anyway, is two hundred dollars all in for my Kia. Like that's like the actual cost two hundred dollars, uh-huh. almost exactly. And to me, it's like rent a desk anywhere. There's an IKEA for two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. And what you got to do is you got to just like give it to the people who run the Airbnb and be like, stick this shit in the attic. I'll be back. I know. There's no storage space in this place, but I totally want to. I would sell this back to Craigslist, but I sawed like a big part out of the the thing, so I'm like, mm-hmm. that part that's not happening. I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Well, Daniel. Anyway, well, I'm just excited Caleb. about that, and I just wanted to tell you. So. I you like stuff, so you'll like this. Um, I <laughs> I bought uh, new headphones, new uh, Bluetooth noise canceling headphones. I have them? been a Sony XM3 guy for a long time. Okay. Uh, which are, it was the first version of the Sony like over ear noise canceling headphones that were really, really good. Okay. And it got like perfect reviews everywhere. MKBHD like glowing reviews, you know, all this stuff. So I bought them. They lasted me. The XM4s and XM5s have come out in that time. Um, and everyone says the XM5s are not quite as good as the previous XM4s that everyone loved. Okay. So I finally stepped on them <laughs> and broke the broke the like uh, little extendo yeah. part of them. So I had to replace them. And I got a pair of the Sennheiser no- noise-canceling headphones. Yeah. Um, guess what? They can connect to two Bluetooth devices at the same time, Caleb. This is the coolest shit ever. So I literally, but until we got on this call, I have been wearing those noise canceling headphones all day, switching back and forth from like talking to someone on the phone Mm. to taking a meeting on Google Meet to like hopping into Discord with Chris, doing all this stuff. I never took the headphones off. I just was like popping back and forth between phone and laptop all day. Nope. So sick. Dope. Sennheiser what? Uh, they are the Sennheiser. You think they'd write it on the product somewhere. Um, Momentum 4. Sennheiser, Sennheiser Momentum 4. Sennheiser Momentum 4. Okay. They're like between two and $300 depending on where you get them. I got mine for like That's 225 I bought the, the QC35s forever ago when I just wanted, you know, I was just jonesing on them. Quiet comfort. And I never touched Boses. them. Yeah. I yeah. never use them. They're at home. I didn't bring them. You don't use them on the plane? I use AirPods and they're fine. What? Yeah. Caleb. What? You got to use them on the plane. Really? D- the noise canceling on the plane is the like single biggest lifestyle upgrade you can make when traveling. I love that you're saying on the plane <laughs> instead of like on a plane. Um, yeah. When you're on the plane. <laughs> when you're on the plane. <laughs> like it's a drug or it's like yeah. a... Like um, 
like what somebody says like you're on your period instead of like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like yeah. you're on when your you're period. on plane you're on plane when you're on um, plane when you're on the plane like okay adding noise canceling to that equation and a neck well, pillow is like primo. the airpods have noise canceling so oh you have those you have the pros yeah 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 oh i didn't uh, see it's I funny i forgot that there were airpods that didn't have noise canceling because it's such gotcha, like a gotcha. key part of them for me yeah uh-huh yeah they have noise canceling and it i mean the, the the bose like thing is better but they're so big so it's like i could travel with this tiny little thing or this big thing so mm-hmm. yeah no the, the, it is annoying to have big headphones when you're traveling yeah except that you just have them on your head all the time so they're right. not in your bag so, so i'm walking through bag. the airport with them on my ears that's true like daniel jamming out listen to podcasts well um daniel we yeah. uh we, we probably got a lot to talk about here oh yeah i've got a live wire bug to lay at your feet oh come on now <laughs> i don't know if it's i think it's my bug i don't think it's your no, bug. hit me hit me um all right i have had the opposite of this many times okay and i know how to debug and where to start looking when after hydration things start breaking right like okay. when things are good on first paint but then after the first request when things start rehydrating yeah. then shit gets weird sure then i know where to start looking i'm like okay we got to look at wire keys yeah we got to look at uh are we Stuff. like hydrating something back into an array that should have been an eloquent model like yeah you know oh daniel <laughs> what are we doing here okay. right yes yep I have a weird thing going on where like I have a bunch of work getting done in the mount method okay. that like prepares the data. Yes. And then it paints and then any request, uh, everything is perfect after it makes a request, right? But before okay. it makes a request, only about half of the shit that I did in the mount method is getting applied. So it's as though somewhere in the mount method, like it's just being like, all right, that's good enough. Let's render. And then the rest of the shit is getting done. And then when I make a request, it's like, it's, I cannot figure it out. Very weird. That's very weird. That's the kind of weird thing that you have to just strip down and strip down until something reveals itself. Yes different that's the direction i'm going yeah hmm. I but i've know. been fighting with it well fight the good fight daniel I, it's a I weird one luck. I, yeah, i'm like i'm like a day and a half into this bug i don't know where it's at. seriously yeah can you reproduce it in a small i haven't component? yet no oh it only happens in like yeah, the real i like cannot figure it out <laughs> like weird maybe we'll have to pair on it or something yeah it's, um Livewire, speaking of Livewire things that mm-hmm. are thingy, I'm considering something and I need your opinion on it, Daniel. Yes. Josh Hanley and I are considering uh-huh. removing eloquent model support from Livewire for V. You're tripping. I am like 80% confident that it's a good idea. Why? What could make this a good idea? So I had make Josh me, do make a me this case of it and he wrote up like, this is the entirety of, you know, basically like there's so many problems related to it. 
and and not problems in the sense that like oh we just need to work really hard to fix them problems in like these are going to plague this thing forever do they you ever you ne- do you use them a lot literally that's the only way i use and you never get bit by anything uh the only thing i ever get bit by is like oh whoopsie doopsie i used an illuminate collection instead of an eloquent collection better turn okay. that into an eloquent collection interesting what what are how the fuck are people you are people still literally doing the pattern where they like pa- store ids and like build these models up themselves manually on <laughs> every request very funny that you're saying this because it's this is a good it's a good thing to hear as the the other side of like are people like literally still storing ids and yeah yeah that that is those are the yeah, dark is, ages they are to right? me those are like the bad old days of okay. livewire when you had to store ideas yeah. The the bad but simple days where, you know, but, I guess I don't hear a ton of complaints, but I know it trips people up. Like inexpressibly bad compared to the good days, which are now. Okay. All right. Well, let me throw at you some of the bad things about them. Yeah. Tell me about um, Okay. For starters, you're revealing a, uh, the you know, the key, the ID of, you know, when you dehydrate a model, put it in JavaScript to come back. So when the snapshot contains the model. It mm-hmm. has the name of the the database connection. It has yes. the primary key, and it has the has it the connection, the primary key, and it has the class name yes. of the model. So those sure. are the things, and any relationships you eager loaded. So all that data, of course, yeah, yeah, is exposed to the front end. Which when yeah. people find that out, they're generally like, "Oh, yeeks! I didn't know that." You know, and we talked about this on the podcast. About sure, like, they should know that, and that's. Okay, so that. let's take that as a given that that yeah. stuff's just there and transparent, and that's that. Mm-hmm. So um, every time the request comes back to the server, we have to requery it out of the database. Where if you just stored like properties, you if you, you just never stored an, sure. But if you just stored an ID, you would have to requery it too. Only when you need it, you know. So like take um take an edit form, okay. Mm-hmm. So you load the page and you mm-hmm. load the post initially and that's stored as a property. Mm-hmm. If we're doing the, you know, just simple public post equals and then the post, everything, every request that comes back to Livewire will get that model out of the database. Mm-hmm. So it's making a database call. Sure. What if you if, just didn't do that? Well, you sometimes you might want to access it, you know? No, no, no but what if you just nude up a model applied all the attributes to it right so this is the other thing what are all the attributes because there well, are no, this is what i'm saying it's like if under the hood you just store all the attributes that are on the thing yep but, okay what about a user like if you're going to access like a, we can't send the password field sure to the front end you know? sure so we need a list of what's safe to send to the front end sure and we use so there's two problems a let's just say that th- that we have like a whitelist property no there this already exists right yes the rules array but that's no, no, not that's the rules problem. array the the oh, um yeah fillable not okay, fillable well, the the other one the other one that's not fillable that says like guarded. what things should be hidden from the json guarded. encoding of this model oh i don't know this is in laravel i just forget what it's called okay so you can say i mean the user it has like it visible or something user has it where you, the password is by default like if you JSON encode a user, it doesn't get the password hash. Okay, um, I'm curious. 
Well, yeah. Well, whatever. Let's just. I'm gonna go to Laravel. Laravel, Laravel on GitHub, and look at the. I'm gonna hit T, type user, and take a look at that and see what it is. So there's fillable and hidden. Yes. Hidden. So the attributes that should be hidden for serialization. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's here's a few thoughts on that. Sure. So. Can I say how I would do it? Sure. I would say if there are no hidden fields um, and none of the attributes that I have in this array are calculated, meaning none of them are like uh, accessors, okay. then new up a model, jam all the fields into it, and then update a couple of the like special things like this exists equals true, you know, so random shout. Yeah. And don't make the request. In in the case that any of those are not the case, then just go make the request based on the key and get the thing. Yeah. I mean so that that is like a solution for a very specific path, but it, it'll have all sorts of, you know, weird Yeah, for sure. Because it's it's just kind of hacked together, like the user doesn't know that the hidden array controls whether something is, you know, like loaded or not from the database or like cached or constructed. Mm -hmm. And then if it's, you know, so that already is surprising behavior. And then if it's constructed, we have to, you know, assume that, that they're constructing it properly and that we're constructing it properly, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So you're right that like it is possible to provide a, a solution that prevents that requerying of the thing yes. but even so if we just knew it up and apply the attributes and then they go like user arrow password or something in the back end yes. it will be null you know except for the fact that we are saying make the request if there are things in the hidden array oh i got what i see so if there is something in the hidden array then you make right okay so then this is like I, if, there, if there's something in the hidden array or anything in this array right, right, right. is an accessor yeah. So, well, wouldn't it be like, I don't pay attention to the hidden array. Like, I just don't. I don't use it on a model because mm -hmm. in general, like in my mind, I'm not exposing anything to JSON serialized. You know, it's like, but if if LiveWire is going to automatically serialize my model into attributes mm -hmm. and put them in a JavaScript, and I'm going to, like, if I find that out and be like, wait, what? Why did it do that? Oh, because I didn't have a hidden array. It's like, oh, I have to know about this hidden array thing, you know? Um, okay. But I you mean, know what like I'm saying? If, like, it, I feel like it, I know it's what like you're invasive. saying, except that like everyone who maintains an API knows about the hidden array or okay. else they're exposing user passwords through their APIs, you know? Like, yeah, I, how are people, guess... how are people, people who have APIs that expose user objects are serializing those users in ways that don't include the password? Sure. When you do a resource like a yeah, or a JSON resource, exactly. Because yeah. I use resources, and I, I yeah, I guess like, that's the anytime new way I to do ever everything. return something like that, it's always just bespoke. Like I'm declaring what fields mm -hmm. are going out of here, like a JSON. I often parts. will just like return JSON a collection, an eloquent collection. Interesting. Um, okay, fine, right? So that might yeah. be more relevant to those types of users, but the Liveware user in general is not writing APIs the way somebody else is you know sure um so okay i guess what i'm saying is like this is something 
that's sort of earmarked for one purpose and I would be using it for a second purpose plus the concept of like mutable and not mutable in live wire you know can you wire model to a visible field like so with user you have password that's hidden you don't want that exposed to the front end at all mm-hmm. okay we have the hidden array we use that or something like that but now email you know you want to you want to be able to use that in the model but you don't want somebody to be able to modify their email let's say i mean at some page you probably do but you don't want like some bad actor to hit like wire colon model you know and modify the email or modify the primary key or something like that I guess we would already filter that out. Yeah. I, what I'm getting at is there's the second problem that we use the rules array for right now. You know how we use the rules array to allow basic, to whitelist parts of the model to be wire modeled? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. That's another mechanism is like protecting certain things from wire model, basically. Okay. Could you, in your blade... Like when you're doing blade stuff, yeah, could you detect all of the wire models ahead of time? Could you detect all the wire models ahead of time? Right. Okay. I and could, then dynamically I... build your whitelist. Yes, but that feels shaky to me. Ooh, because... no way! That feels great. Uh, I mean, parsing is like a you know that's a big thing. Like, are you wire modeling? Um. I mean, I guess I could literally look, I don't know, like you could apply the attributes wire model with an array to a nested thing and it wouldn't be in a tag and I wouldn't be able to really detect it. Or you might have like a backslash or maybe you're not even using wire model. You're using, um, you know, dollar sign wire to manipulate that thing, mm-hmm. like with JavaScript directly, whatever. Right? Stuff like that. I, I so far, that's like last resort is doing something like that especially for a security feature but i definitely thought of that at some point was like maybe i should just that is the whitelist is scraping for wire model okay the let's step away from these though because these to me are problems i don't like them but but you're sort of suggesting that there are ways that you would be okay with you know a reasonable level of so i i would just be to be clear i do not think that the user password thing is a problem Okay. I think the problem is a lack of transparency that that's what's going on. And maybe you should make a page about it in the docs, but it's not a real problem. The problem okay. is that it's a surprise. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, to me, that is a problem because, but what is, but I, I what is the problem? It's an opinion that, that there's like all of these sensitive laws that you would have to know to use this stuff that's programming baby like i know but i like i want it to be very straightforward and not surprising you know anyway let's move past this daniel because i i heard you you don't think the way i think about this i got Mm -hmm. it okay there's other things like if you query a bunch of models you know using some closure where statement or something Mm mm-hmm you can do that for the first load, mm-hmm. but then we can't apply that again. What because, do you mean? So I'm trying to think of like a good example. Okay. So yeah, I do a complicated query, right? Yeah. Like a where has query or something. Yeah. Right. So I do like a user where has comments that contain Daniel. So I want to see yeah. every user that's written a comment that mentions me. Yes. Right. Yep. Okay. 
So now I have an array of users or an eloquent collection of users, right? Yeah. So that gets serialized. And then on rehydrate, you just have the primary keys of that collection. Right. So, right. so okay, why prob- is it important to re-execute that where rather than just right, right, right. getting okay. them all from the primary keys? You're right. And I'll say first, I don't love that behavior of deserializing a giant, like a potentially huge collection of models into, you know, their individual models and then rehydrating them back into that collection. But whatever. There's um like I need better I need better knowledge about this because I can't just pull it out of maybe you'll have to help me when so not just when you're querying for a set of eloquent models but when you're specifying something about them like a relationship or something dynamic at runtime kind of like um like eager loading or something but yeah yeah. so like user with comments or whatever user with comments or user with i'm trying to think isn't there some like dynamic thing where at runtime you add like a query constraint to a relationship or something you know like maybe like a scope or something you mean after the query yeah after the initial query so there's like like the load method like you could do like a dot like an arrow load and then load that would be like a post query loading of a relationship yeah i can't think of it off the top of my head but i know that that this problem exists because i've dealt with this with people like cut like clients you know especially when i used to do like direct mentoring and stuff and people would hand me this problem and i'd be like the thing to do is to not store this as a property and to have a method called or a computed accessor thing called like get user models or something like that that sure. anytime you need them you call that because then you can actually run that with the closure that mutates the query and whatever and then you're always going to get predictable results but if you use live wires just normal serialization dehydration hydration stuff it's gonna bork your stuff like i can't give you the example unless you can think of an example at the top of your head um but this is like something that people struggle with fairly commonly it's it's an edge of this setup you know that you could hit like you're walking okay. along. Daniel's giving me the look, by the way, for people. I'm giving you the look, which is like, face. you're telling me there's a problem that you cannot describe. Well, no. Okay. You're, you could, <laughs> you could, <laughs> you're right. Well, you can trust me or you can try to steel man this problem or like, you know. Sure, sure. Here, I mean, okay. You want me to steel man it, right? Yeah. Here's this. Here's the steel man. I want right? you to help because you trust me. Obviously, I'm not lying that there's like a common problem you could hit. Mm-hmm. So I w- the things I would think would be problems would be the non-attribute properties of eloquent models. The relations, the relation properties? No, the not relation properties, but like shit like exists or was recently created oh, right, or right. stuff yeah, like that. that. Kind of stuff. Like right. those are dirty the things, things like dirty. That. Yeah. Those yeah. are the things that I would expect to be weird. Right. Yep. Um, but like I think that you could solve that pretty easily um, in hacky ways, but I think you could write good hacks, you know? Um, yeah, and, and I agree. Like der- Exist is a good example of something that like in your scenario, like we're just assuming that it exists, which I think is a safe assumption. Because it has an re- ID. 
if it has an yeah, idea, yeah, then exactly. We like you exists. can assume yeah. it exists. In theory, it could have been removed or something, and exists is faux. You know. Yeah. Right. Where before it would be live, it would know if it exists, and now it doesn't know. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But it's a decent assumption. So yeah, those would be things that those don't actually scare me as much. Um, so the I, things you're scared of are relationship related. It sounds like relationship and like eager loading nested relationships type of all shit. All the basically yes, all the all the extra level eloquent stuff. But that um, all happens before the query, right? That's the the part it, that it happens like before you end up with the collection that you're then going to deserialize and reserialize. So like I can't imagine there being anything that like would happen after that like you know what I'm saying? Like when if we just draw a timeline of uh-huh. like when serialization happens and then when rehydration or where dehydration and rehydration happen, like are are you concerned that something's happening in between those? So this is what Josh said in his write-up was okay, when you it. are using so if you're querying a collection with whatever and you add like a custom select where you're only selecting the name for all the users or something. Yes. Those when are we, no longer eloquent models. Uh, those should not be. Those should no longer be considered eloquent models. Well, they are. Like if you're, if you want to query all the posts and put them in a table, but you don't, you want to make it like less expensive of a query because let's say there's just this table's insane. Uh huh. So you say like, you know, post colon colon all, and then I think you can pass an array of fields that mm-hmm. would narrow down the select. So you say like posts or post colon colon all and then the field list of like title and description and now when you display them the first load is all good it's quick and it's snappy yes then they get serialized then on the next request when each model gets plucked from the database we don't know that you only wanted to query the title and description so we're going to query everything from the database sure this problem would sort of go away if we had a solution like you described um, where we're not requerying models yeah, completely go away yeah. on subsequent requests. But then we have the new then you set. have the new set of problems. Yeah. The new set of problems. Okay. Um, Can I suggest like a global solution to these types of problems? Please. Um, so in the rules array, which I think, I think, can I be honest? I think the fact that it's the rules array is weird. Totally weird. It's weird that it's rules. It's like another it, it, thing I like, do not you're like. using validation to do yeah. something that's not validation. And it, you end up creating like all of these rules that the only reason that, they're there is to whitelist their field as a exactly. model to be yep. put in the front end. Yeah. Okay. But like bearing in mind that like it's weird that it's the rules array. If there was an array that represented like these things and whatever, if if a given property could have a closure that okay. then said how to retrieve it on rehydration right and accepted the currently serialized data as an argument right then rather than having to build these like custom wireables right yeah you could build them if you wanted to if you wanted to like you put them in like a popo or something yeah but like if you could have an inline closure that accepts the currently serialized data um then you could allow people who have weird use cases, like I want to have an eloquent collection full of models that only have two fields on them. Yeah. 
you could just say, oh, yeah, that's weird. Write it off yourself. Yeah. Right. Providing some sort of hydration dehydration for people escape to... hatch. Yeah. Um, and with before that would have been more complicated in this in new live RV three, the way that, you know, the hydration dehydration works, it's recursive. So and this actually works to the right. benefit. I can't wait for that, by the way. Yeah, it it is super nice. It I am glad that um that I went for it, you know, even though like some parts of me are like uh is this you know it definitely it's dope makes the code base extremely complex um but complex in a good way like it doesn't feel flaky complex it feels just hard to wrap your head around a lot of yeah hard to wrap your head around is the right word um it's a couple but, words but... uh the, the one word that's right in there wrap um so daniel uh-huh before you know, it was just like a property is a collection. Okay, we handle that a certain way. A pro- mm-hmm. property is an eloquent. We handle that. Now it's like a property is an eloquent collection. We turn that into an array. Then we see what's inside the array. There could be monkeys inside of that. And then we handle those as monkeys. But yes. there's models. So like we use one system, one code path gets used for a single model property or a collection of models property. And those models can have sub models on their attributes and like all the way down. It's all like predictable code paths. Love it. Yep. Which is good. But what's the problem with that? There actually is some problem with it that I barely even understand that Josh laid out. Like I have whatever I have to do some tweaking to allow for some weird thing. It's better in a sense. But to me, it's like, man, if we just use primitive values, you got your arrays. You got your integers. You got your strings. Nobody's going to get tripped up. Everybody's going to know how to use the thing. It's going to sure. be more performant. Can you less at least surprising. allow me... But you're still leaving in some mechanism for people to rehydrate non-primitive objects, right? Oh, yeah. A, a, you're allowing people to write their mechanism. custom rehydrators, right? Yes. And in fact, we're going to build And one support. of them could be an eloquent model rehydrator. We're going to build V2 compatible model support and put it under a, a config that defaults to false. Wait, no, no, forget about that for a second. I mean, that sounds fine, but like, okay. forget about that. Yeah. I could, if I wanted to, write a custom rehydrator. It's a synth, but yeah. For, for an eloquent model. Sure. For a generic absolutely. eloquent, not for a specific eloquent model, but for generically yeah, yeah, yeah. eloquent models. Oh, yeah. And, and it'll I could be say, beautiful. Like, the experience is going to, you're going to shit. It's beautiful. Yes, but I can do that. Absolutely. Okay. So I say, that's great. You should write it and include it in the framework. Right. (laughs) I'm going to do it and I'm going to put it under, well, Josh is going to do it and Josh is putting it under a config that's set to false so that when you're upgrading your app, you can just set it to true and you don't have to like, you know, I didn't just break your whole V2 app. But newcomers to the framework aren't going to encounter it. Why? <laughs> so this, why yeah, I guess. <laughs> why don't I, I you get, set it to true by default? <laughs> this just comes back to a feature that to me is just too magic, too complicated. Here's a world. I think there's a world, Daniel, of achieving something like this, whether it's a very specific set of properties or methods on the model itself that live that is meant for live wire i mean here's the deal for me personally 
you doing it this way is good, right? Because I'm going to go out there and charge exorbitant consulting rates to tell people to turn this feature on, right? So like, whatever you do is fine. And I'm going to look like a genius when I come in and say, hey, did you know there's this little known feature of Livewire that makes it work like it should have always worked? (laughs) And people are going to be like, oh my God, this is great. Can I pay you $20,000? And that's fine. It's good for me. It's really good for me. If you want to make the fucking, the tool like, only work with arrays and be like weird. You could do that. I just think it's a terrible experience. Like I don't understand why anyone would want to write apps that way. Yeah. I don't know. I I think okay, here's here's my other thought where I'm headed. Or, it's like and especially if out. that synth is what you're calling it. If that synth is not built into the framework, then I get to charge even more because right, I will have carried one around in your back and I will just come in and say like hey let me give you this synth that I wrote I mean someone's gonna someone should make a if if I didn't somebody would make a package I'm sure yeah um yeah but okay is there a world uh, let's just say I am unwilling to launch v2 compatible model support in v3 I'll put it under a feature flag or something and that's fine but as like deprecated or whatever is there some something in the middle that's more explicit i think that's what it is is like i need to require a little more of the developer at the api surface so Uh that they know that they're dealing with sharp knives and the way to do that like there's two options in my mind first option something on the model itself that you have to put there that says hey livewire this is what you do with this model or here are the yeah here are the private fields here are you know basically Livewire hidden, Livewire mutable, Livewire, you know, whatever, like that kind of thing. It's Wait, like, where are you putting this? On the model itself. Okay. To me, that's a good story. It's something on the model itself that that Livewire knows how to hydrate and dehydrate this model. Okay. Uh-huh. Following that. He's following it, guys. He's just giving me the look. He's giving me the like, tell okay. me something that doesn't suck. <laughs> this is Daniel, <laughs> you know, translating no, no, Daniel. That's not what I'm, that's Daniel's not what I'm, look. He's keep going. Looks, guys. You're missing out of these looks. The second thing is a new concept that's like a form objects kind of thing, but for live wire. Right. Where, which currently we have called custom wireables. Uh, yeah, but something that, that handles like something that feels nice, like a form object that has like the validation is contained. Like it's all kind of contained, you know, mm-hmm. like everything about a user, like, okay, if there's a user form, there's a, there's a class now that is in charge of all the fields that are visible in the front end, mutable in the front end, how they're validated, all this stuff so that you just have that. And then you can use it in live wherever you want. And it just all works, you know? Okay. So I think that is the type of thing that you should do, right? Okay. Yes. So I think you have these classes, right? The whatever, like the we'll call them like live wire form requests or whatever, right? Which take as an argument uh a, a at minimum take the currently dehydrated data. Yeah. And return oh. the thing that should be stored in the property. Right. So that at a minimum, you could add additional um you could add additional arguments if you wanted to pass more stuff in, right? Um I think that's good. I think you should accept closures 
if people don't want to make these big classes yeah especially if it's a super simple case yeah like, i hear you um like if it's if you're storing a id uh yep. and you just want to write function user colon find id yeah then like that's a good use case right yeah so i think you should accept a closure you can allow them to write a big class if they want to like put it somewhere um and not have it all in one file but like i think you should just have an array of like property rehydration instructions yeah yeah i i, I hear what you want you 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 want like sense sensible defaults and then when you get to the edges you have a nice inlineable like um closure validators like something that just feels like totally controlled but lightweight and and, and if you want to write a big class about it you can do that you can right and like we'll there will be like a apply method or something that gets <laughs> or like a hydrate method on those yeah that gets called yep i hear you i'm glad i brought it up i'm at least second guessing myself now but i still feel bad about it and i don't like are it. are you writing apps caleb don't you throw that are at you writing me. live wire apps no i'm not writing can you write one apps. I'm going to. But Can you write a live wire app that has like actual real that has relationships and models? I know. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. like I don't think you're writing CRUD apps. I think I need to set a like mandatory, like I have to write a CRUD app before I tag V3. Yeah, for sure. Like I have to. Yeah. I can't make any of these decisions unless I feel that. Because I'm out here writing CRUD apps for a living. I know. In yep. Livewire. Yep. It's, and it's a blast. I enjoy my career right now. It's and a blast writing CRUD apps in Livewire. That's great to hear. Uh, yeah, and you're, you're right. If I was don't writing, t- don't remove CRUD features. If That's I what was r- out here with a CRUD app and I was freaking storing a million fields as public properties and then writing them all out again for a validator and all that stuff, like I used to do with controllers and you know form tags, yeah, it would kind of feel not great. So, oh, here's another problem with eloquent models. So you have, um, like, if you want to validate a property on a model, if let's say it's a normal non-model liveware property, uh huh, you, when you update it with wire model, Uh it gets updated before before it's validated. You have to call this arrow validate to validate any property. But even if you're using the rules array, yeah, if you're using the rules array, like if you have like title so, so is in my rules array and min three or something like uh-huh. that as a user if you like wire modeled live wire modeled that value to an input field as the user types it's making r- round trips and setting the property setting of the course. title property as you type even right, if it's but it's two only characters set, but it's right? past it's going through validation before it updates the property right no it's not why so we'll think about it if let's say in the, the case of a title if there's you know if it's like minimum Let's say an email address has to be sure. a valid email address, but it's not a valid email address until the user's finished typing, you know? Uh-huh. So like it. it so if I'm do yeah, so I would expect validation to fail until they have finished typing. Is that true? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, as I'm saying it, I feel like, like if you it, think about like live front end validation, like it would be red until the email address was a valid email address, then it would be green. Right. And if you do live, you can do live validation, but you do it in an updated hook, you know, yeah. to call this arrow validate. But the rules array isn't applied until you call validate. It used to be that you would just call validate and pass your own rules when you wanted. But then a lot of people were like, 
you should make that like an actual thing in the component so that you just store rules as a property and then you call validate where you want it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure people would want that kind of thing where rules is always applied at every request because you're making requests all the time. Mm-hmm. So these validate. So your errors bag would be like populated. Yeah. So this is the thing. This is the thing with people who like I think write LiveWire apps the wrong way. If you're not, if you're making requests all the time, you're writing a bad app. Like, you should wire defer. Defer should be the default first of all. For sure, that's definitely going to be default. So defer should be the default, and like you should you should decide when you are making a request. Requests shouldn't be happening without you explicitly making them. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Right. With like wire click or wire submit or something like that. Yeah. Wire if you poll. should, you should be calling a method on the, on the thing mm-hmm. to make a request. Right, right. 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 Otherwise, like everything's deferred and like you'll deal yeah, with it when you right, deal with right. it. And yeah, in that case, true. in that case, it doesn't matter which side of the thing validation falls on. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. So, I mean, it, it's at least a safer, more sense, well, a safer default to have. Basically, any data needs to pass through rules before it, has to it pass gets. Through, yeah, of course. Yeah, I think that would set. be like a really good approach to designing that feature. Interesting. So, in the case of like, if you have a form with an email address in it, okay, yeah. and or a component that has a form with an email address in it, uh-huh. and maybe there's something else in that component, uh-huh. you know, like um, I don't know, something else, <laughs> a button called confetti or something i don't some other button i can't think of a good button or maybe it's a multi-step form sure okay you go you go to the back end after the first step and let's just assume we have to assume this is one live wire component Mm -hmm. we can't sub it out so we have like two steps in the form you do the first step you hit submit or something a request happens to the back end yep it has the uh Right. It tries so so now it hits validation and it goes, oh, the email address is required. Yep. And it should be a valid email address. Comes back so to the front. It sends back end, an error with it says email is required. Uh-huh. So you you go, you're on the first step, you submit the first step, now it shows you the second step, and it's already says email is required. And you're like, that's weird. Like I didn't submit it yet. I didn't even start typing. You know? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I feel like I feel like it's just weird. Maybe. I feel like, it's I, feel like I would want to, st- I want to build an app with this. Like, cause I feel like I would come up with a paradigm for that. That would feel natural. Maybe it's like validation isn't run on every request. Validation. You can run validation yourself. Oh, interesting. You can run validation yourself like it is right now. Uh huh. But also if Livewire tries to update a value ever through a wire model, yeah, through a wire model, which well, the new you could terminology, just say at all. you could just say at all, right? At all if from the front any, end, like bound data, yeah, any mechanism. bound data, yeah, any defer bound whatever things. When those try to get updated, they pass they have through, to go through validation, validation, and they go through themselves. So validation is just validation is just there to protect you from Livewire updating your shit. Right. This so is anytime LiveWire tries to update your shit, you have to go through validation. You can update it manually in the code without going through validation. Um, but if LiveWire wants to update your shit, it's going to yeah. go through validation. And if you don't want it to be validated at that point, fine. Take it, it out optional. of the rules array. Yeah. 
and just call this arrow validate and pass your own validation. Exactly. Rules. Yeah. Figure it yeah. out. But for the most part, yeah. And that makes sense because, you know, after saying it, it's like, it does seem weird that you're updating. It does seem like not great behavior. Yeah. That you're actually updating properties, especially. So this, this problem came about, we started talking about it when Josh did his write up. Cause he was like, there's this weird mechanism where like you're actually setting properties on an eloquent model yeah before it's validated that does feel bad you you're saving it before you save it to the database you're calling validate yourself yeah but like what if you have like another code path that has a save right that isn't the one where you're calling validate yeah there's some sort of save or i'm trying to think of like another backdoor but there it seems like there's but Back yeah, doors if you could like somehow end up calling a function that calls a function that calls a function that eventually calls save, and yes, you didn't right. go Somewhere through the front door where base. the validation is, yeah, then you well, might be saving some fuck shit into your models. And he, there was another problem he brought up with casting, and maybe this is related. Is like, yeah, it might be related. Like, if you have a cast on your model, and like a user starts typing in to like a field, and you haven't hit save yet, but it's already like setting it as an attribute on your model so the cast is always already happening with like bad data you know um until mm, i can imagine there being a problem in that neighborhood i can't yeah. exactly see the problem but yeah a specific one and i think this is was a problem in laravel and is fixed so it might be fixed in v3 but the specific one is is the empty string issue of like an empty uh-huh. input empty string to null thing yeah i don't know if it's an empty string to null probably is but like in a in a browser input field, the value of an input field is always a string. It's never a number. It's never null. Right, right, right. It's either empty string or a string of whatever you put into it. And so I think maybe if if it, if it's like a number, but it's an empty field, then it's a string, and then the zero. cache throws a fit or something. I don't yeah. know. Um, so anyway, yeah, it probably is the empty string to null thing because that doesn't get run on live wire requests. So an empty string would actually be an empty string. And then maybe if you if it needed to be nullers, I don't know, whatever. It just throws you some error. Okay. But uh, but that would go away if like properties are never set on the model until they actually go through validation. Yeah. Yep. Interesting, Daniel. Interesting. Okay. Well that that's actually I like that for an update to how rules works. Uh-huh. I still think to support models pro- I mean, this would apply to non model data. So as that well. video I sent you that uh i recorded like a year or so ago yes of like me making uh that like multiple input thing in livewire i do what i think is the gold standard for livewire crud patterns in that app which is wire modeling directly to the properties of an object and calling push um instead of calling save uh What's because push? that it's save but it also saves the uh the eager loaded models okay it eager loaded related models so you can wire model onto eager loaded model properties oh and then, and then, then you call push, push and it all propagate and it all, to yeah and it yeah. all saves interesting it's so sick yeah i know dude I, there's still this part of me that's like Eloquent's not the vehicle for this. And there's the other thing, which is that I'm doing the thing that I do in every Livewire app now, which is I have a single form that is your create and your edit. Okay. 
and it takes an optional model as an argument, yeah. right? Right. And in right. your mount method, if that yeah. doesn't exist, I just make a new model. A new model, yeah. And then I'm wire modeling to the properties of that new model, and I'm still calling push when I press the button. And then it puts in the database. And then it saves the model in the database. Right. There is some is other like, problem with like mixing um, persisted models and non-persisted models because the non-ones don't have primary keys. Yeah. And I forget what that issue is. Well, Josh if you're wrote trying to look them up by <laughs> primary key, you're going to have problems. But Right. No, I, I maybe it's just the Which code. is why I don't maybe understand. Maybe it's just the integration. Like, is just that can't be how you're doing it now. You can't be looking them up by primary keys now, right? We are. We're actually so just ha- using so Laravel has that- a like a serialize and unserialize for eloquent collections and just models, and we just use yeah. That. And so it, that can't be looking things up in the database. It is no, but I'm using I am using models that don't exist in the database, and I'm right. wire modeling to them. We added some code to make that work somehow. Oh yeah, yeah. So we, we you must be taking the attributes somewhere. and shoving them into a model. Yes, and we are. But there's some. I don't remember the scenario. <laughs> this is the theme of this freaking podcast. There are problems Josh I cannot is describe. Gonna listen to this, and he's going to be like, "Man, he's screaming!" At we should get Josh scre- on the show and yeah. have him defend this use case. Yeah, because have him be the like. We should just convince Josh yeah. to. No, it's just me and Josh argue yeah, our better. two positions in front of you. Yep. Well, he. Yeah. Right. 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 That is that. That would be. That would be that good. That would be a blast. Dude, that would be a blast. I would actually love to see that. We should do that. Because I think Josh is out here being a negative Nancy about the fucking best way to write live wire apps. Funny <laughs> thing is, like, he's he's kind of a champion of this sort of thing. Like, he, he his nature be. is to want this. And he is on the fence like I am. Um, I think both of us just know what the internals are like, all the mm-hmm. pitfalls, and just, mm-hmm. you know, if anybody knows the heart of the community it's josh hanley and he's helping people all the time and this is just a common area for people to stumble and not know how the system works and just get tripped up so and I, I know it firsthand too i from am helping totally people. Like, down if you're not Caleb. daniel then you're you're going to be confused at the way liveware works right now yeah i am totally down with the world where you don't include the eloquent model hydrator in core great as long okay. as i can write one and maintain it I'm not. I'm not open sourcing it. That's a trade oh, okay, secret, okay, baby. Right. No, no, yeah, you're gonna make yeah. much money on. It. I forgot. Yeah, you're gonna. Get yeah, it. sorry. But as long as I can write one, yep, and hydrate the models myself, like that's cool with me. Just I'm never going back to source to like storing IDs. Yeah, that's the bad days. Yep. Yep. I know. I hear you. I. I there's a solution, and uh, we got to find it. Yeah. And it's either. Very close to what V2 is right now, just with instead of using the rules, there's I'm like turned on by this closures thing though. Send me a like a GitHub gist. Yeah. That is that's the way. That's the way I understand things is like people writing faux blog posts about them. Yeah. And me writing them for myself. Whatever. We talked about that ad nauseum on these shows. We talked about everything ever. A million times, yeah. Daniel, here's another uh-huh. thing. But uh-huh. I am really glad that we had this talk because a good thing came out of this, and that is the rules thing. Yeah, is like changing the way that those work. Um, I am thinking I'm going to lean straight into PHP attributes for like metadata about properties instead of the doc block syntax. Um, okay. Update 
for you or other listeners who aren't aware or whatever, I demoed V3 at Laracon and one shift to V3 is like in V2, if there's a property that you want to be, uh, what's an example? What's an example? I don't freaking know. Let's just say. I didn't watch the talk. I didn't even know you gave a talk at Laracon. <laughs> come on. At Laracon. Yeah. At EU, you didn't watch presumably. the V3 announcement talk? No. Daniel, you're joking. Wait, wait, at Laracon US? Yeah. No, the online you, one. I thought you were talking about EU. No, no, you saw the. the okay, yeah, yeah. The original V3 announcement talk. Yeah, like years ago. I thought you were talking about you did something like last month at no, no, Laracon no, no, EU. No, 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 no. Okay. Totally not. Yes, um, I've seen the original right. Livewire V3 okay. announcement talk. Right. Yeah. And in it, I so let's talk to you on the phone. I, I wrote the, the Livewire V3. Daniel wrote the talk. The talk. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Daniel wrote the talk. I forgot. Um, Locked properties. Let's just take that as an example. Being able yeah. to, or I can't think of a good example that is also a feature in V2. Uh, query string. Okay. Adding query a property, string. tracking yep. it in the query string. Yep. Right now in V2, there's a dedicated property called query string that is an array of property names. Mm-hmm. Right. V3 paradigm is you have a property, public count or whatever, public search, whatever. And you add a little doc block above it that says query string. So it's Mm -hmm. like basically adding metadata about properties rather than just having properties and then, you know, using these protected properties to describe other prop, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a universally liked shift. Like it feels a lot better, right? Sure. Okay. I'm Um, so turned on by my other thing now that I want that. Do I should I finish or yeah you... yeah you finish and then I'll tell you why I'm turned on okay so at at Laracon what I demoed was the doc block syntax so if you've ever uh-huh. written a PHP unit test and you use that at test syntax like it's that so yep. right above the property you have forward slash star star then an at symbol and then like query string or whatever and then star slash to end it yep it looks nice to me because oh, for a few reasons whatever. Mm-hmm. PHP 8 has attributes, which are like... And they're better. They're better. They're better in some ways. I have my issues with them, but I I already... Now you've revealed to me how you feel about them. So I know how this conversation is going to (laughs) go. So yeah, there's attributes in PHP that are like an official way to add metadata about properties and classes Mm -hmm. and methods and like weird stuff like attributes and closures. Um, I think it's cool. I think you should do that. I have been exploring it. Um, before we debate this topic, you want to tell me what's what's got your rat riled up there, Daniel? Yeah, okay. So um, I had already described to you an array of properties like the rules array, except you could pass in a closure, right? Yes. yes. What if instead of passing in a closure, you could pass in an array of things either classes or closures okay right either like fqcns yes or closures okay and then it treated that array like a middleware stack where it took your data ran through that stack passed it on to the next thing in the bus ran through that passed on to the next thing right and so most people would just pass like a single hydrator yeah right like if they wanted to use like the eloquent model hydrator or whatever, right? Right. Yeah. But you could pass an array of multiple hydrators, and one of those hydrators could be 
the query string manager that just says like, hey, I want this thing oh. to be tracked in the right, query string. Right. Yeah. And then I want it to be hydrated like an eloquent model. Yeah, interesting. You know? And then I want it to be passed into this random anonymous closure to be done with as I see fit. Right. And then I want it to be passed into another anonymous closure. And then I want it to be passed into this thing that sends an email to someone about it. Like if you just made like the opportunity to have like a stack of things that yeah. every that a thing goes through on each hydration possible you could implement query strings like my whole thing is like i want a world where you are implementing features of the framework using a public api yeah and i am doing that um and so like i'm saying like how can we make all of these ways that we currently extend the functionality of a property like being tracked in the query string or being hydrated right. in a specific way or whatever, how can we turn that into a public API so that you're writing those things in the same way that I would write them if I wanted to build? Like yeah, I Alpine, know. I feel like is at that point where like you are writing Alpine like I write Alpine. Sure. Right, totally. You know? Yep. Like how do we get Livewire right. to the same point where you're writing Livewire the way I write Livewire? Yes, and... There are a few hurdles to that. I'll, I'll say, A, you're right. I'm not writing Livewire the way users write Livewire for the core of it. It's a lot closer than V2. Sure. Um, especially with the synths concept, like which I might yeah. not call it that. Sounds very know, good. Like it literally, just to give you like a flash description, like let's say that I didn't add model support. Yes. In Livewire and you wanted uh -huh. to add it yourself. Yes. You would create a class called model synthesizer or whatever model synth okay okay you would extend synth some base class sure you would have a match function that accepts an argument of any type because uh -huh. every property will go through this match function uh -huh. and you return true or false from the match function you decide if something matches or not basically it's like should you use a synth or not makes right. sense okay got that part i do that's the only kind of weird part. It's not even weird. It's just like, you know. And what is the, what is, so after it matches, then yeah. it runs it through a synth? No, so the synth itself uh -huh. has a function called match. And what other function does the synth have? Like it a has handle hydrate, function or something? Dehydrate. Oh, hydrate. Hydrate and dehydrate. Okay. It has hydrate, dehydrate, call, mm -hmm. set. So what if, what and if, unset. What if multiple synths match one property? If multiple synths match one property, oh, right. There's an order. Yeah. There's an order. Right. Okay. You want them so to cascade. What I would say is that that's not as declarative as I would want it. So I would say rather than having synths be responsible for matching onto a property, yeah. I would rather maintain Put them a lookup table basically of properties and then which synths apply to those properties. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it's pretty tricky because sometimes when you're hydrating, you're taking mm -hmm. raw data and turning it into something not raw. Yeah, alchemy-like. We're spinning it into gold. Perfect. So you can't really stack those on top of each other. Sure you can. No. Think about it. If you have like an eloquent model hydrate method that uh -huh. takes an array of data and now it returns an eloquent model, you have some other thing like 
query string thing. Like that can't deal with both a plain array of attributes and a model. You know what I mean? It's like. Sure. Well, it's not necessarily dealing with an array of attributes. It's dealing with the dehydrated value of that property. Gotcha. Right. On the other end. Well, so query string is an interesting one because it's, well, it is on both ends. But so it's like you might be taking in a string, end. you might be taking in an integer, yeah, you yeah. might be taking in a Boolean, you might be taking in whatever, but like you're taking in basically a primitive value and you might be outputting something crazy. Yeah, maybe there's... But as long like, as your stack is prepared to then accept that crazy thing on the next step, you're good. Oh, man. So like query string is something that I you wouldn't use a synth for. Like when I wrote the query string functionality, I have hooks internally mm-hmm. for as something's dehydrating, mm-hmm. you know, or hydrating. I have these hooks. And this is much more of what you're describing where a hook like accepts, uh, you know, a parameter of dehydrated whatever. And it doesn't really mutate it, although, no. Yeah, you could mutate it. Like uh, I dude. like the idea of these things calling a next method like a middleware does. Yeah, I guess it's the problem is V2 was written very much that way. If you recall, like the service provider of V2, there's this really big array of classes uh-huh. that have two methods, hydrate and dehydrate. Yeah. The request goes through them one way mm-hmm. for hydrate and then goes back out the other way for dehydrate. Uh-huh which is like what you're describing. They all stack on top of each other. Yes. Um, And I'm trying to think of the problems with that. Well, so I can see some problems with it, right? So like if, if I take a JSON string in one end. Yeah. And then I turn that JSON string into an associative array. Yeah. Right. And then I pass that associative array into the next thing, which then casts it to an object or, or let's yep. say hydrates a, a, an eloquent model with that stuff. Yep. Right. Then the next one needs to accept an eloquent model. Right. Which means that they're not that modular. Exactly. You couldn't really s- change the order of them. So that much. And the, the reason this is a problem because we're actually talking about two concepts, right? There's hydrating and dehydrating, turning raw data into something and then turning something into raw data. Yes. That's that concept. And unless I'm mistaken, but I feel like that's the way is you have one thing responsible for that process. For both. Yeah. Yes. One thing is responsible for that. For the there's no stacking of anything. Process. But then there's the pipeline leading to and fro that core things. Let's say that's the top of the pyramid. That's the thing where like, let's say you have raw data that comes in from the, from the browser and goes through a stack of stuff to the thing that turns model. it into something then it comes back down through that stack of stuff into your liveware component. Then before it goes to the browser again, it goes through the stack of stuff and then back down the other end. You know, yep. there's like, yeah. Um, and that concept exists. So the, so the synthesizers handle the hydrate dehydrate part mm-hmm. in a really nice way. Mm-hmm. You want decorators around the dehydration and the hydration, basically. You want... You want hydration yeah. dehydration. Decorate. So I want to say like after dehydration, yes, before and before you send hydration. this to the okay. browser, right? Yeah, 
let me insert a function which updates the query string. Yes. And then so, on hydration, before hydration, as soon as you get something from the browser, I want you to read the query string or whatever. Yeah, I don't know exactly. Yeah. You, but right, right, right. And so this, I use these hooks internally mm-hmm. to do lots of stuff, you know, like this. It's like, yeah. I literally say on hydrate mm-hmm. and on dehydrate. And mm-hmm. you accept a callback into both of those. And yeah. And then you can do a bunch of things in there. You can do a bunch of things in there. Um, yeah. So you want like, a nice API for that with like a next thing, very middleware stack of array thing. You, I could provide that by basically bridging the, a nice like API, a nice user land API to this core like hooks, you know, thing, mm-hmm. um, which is a total possibility, which is, yeah, that like, that's how like all the lifecycle hooks, you know, how you can have like a, well, you can actually have a hydrate, hydrating and hydrated function in your liveware component to hook into this stuff like Mm -hmm. i don't know how well it's documented these internal things but like an updated hook all of these hooks for v3 i implemented them from inside of these these other hooks i'm describing you know it's like Mm -hmm. i use whatever um but what was i going to say that that i was jazzed about um matching oh oh so the synth concept you know yes where you have a match function and then you have hydrate, dehydrate, call, set, unset kind of thing. Yes. Something that is so dope about this is like you could have virtual properties. Like you're like you're used to thinking of a property like mapping to something real, like mm-hmm. a property mapping to an eloquent model or something. You could make like a completely virtual property that like makes API calls for everything. Right. You know? Yes. Like literally, like it you you can intercept the call method. Mm-hmm. with whatever you want or intercept mm-hmm. the set method and like turn That's a light dope. bulb on in your desk like yeah sure it's completely virtual uh-huh. like that is a pure seam which i think is really cool so can i like hit you with some event sourcing concepts because like sure i know that i am so about like mapping event sourcing onto livewire because i think that livewire is a very event sourcing like thing Maybe the the when I think of event sourcing and its applications in Livewire, I think of the front end tracking mutations to a component and tracking requests and being able to like replay them and go back and stuff like that. Yeah, that is that's why it's cool, right? But also like uh, mutating, like I don't know, like going from like the dehydrated data to like a hydrated yeah. component and then doing some stuff and then re you know like that whole thing is very like event sourcing but in event sourcing there are um there are these things called projectors that project data right so like when this event happens we're going to then save this record in the database okay right then there are things called reactors which are when this event happens i'm going to send an email Okay. Right. Which so basically things that are side effects that shouldn't block um the main execution flow are reactors. Are reactors. Projectors are okay. things that like do happen gotcha. like synchronously in line, yeah. in line. Okay. Um and so that's pretty interesting. It'd be cool if like there was like a concept of like reactors for for updates to a property, right? Mm-hmm. Where like you could say like Hey, why don't you go dispatch a job about yeah. it? 
or whatever. And now like when this execution thread is done and the updates are sent back to the browser, this job could still be off doing some crazy bullshit, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I like that distinction of like synchronous blocking and, and non-blocking, blocking yeah. and non-blocking basically for side effecty things and not side effecty things and like replaying, like you don't care. You don't want the side effects likely when you're re- replaying. Right. And that's, that's the reason it's cool. Right. Is that like, if you need to replay the events, you can replay them without triggering the reactors. That's cool. So like, right. you could I want to replay all the events, but not send an email about right. every comment that this person got, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what things are side effecty and like um I mean in Livewire like I well, I literally call them effects, I suppose. Anything in in the effects pile that comes back to the browser is a side effect. So yeah. file downloads, HTML updates are even a side effect. Um so yeah, I don't know. I'd have to think no, about like, it. So like the idea so like now that we've made this distinction about things like when we were talking yeah. about the validation stuff Okay. We made a distinction between things changing because Livewire updated them. Right. Or things changing for other reasons. Right. Sure. Yes. So like I like the idea that like um when a property is updated because of a livewire change, yes, then these side effects should trigger. But okay. when it's updated for other reasons, maybe right. because it was going through a pipeline of things that were editing it or something, yeah, then it shouldn't. Right. So when it when so it changes just through the normal hydration logic, it shouldn't change. When it changes through a wire model, yeah, it should fire these side effects. You know, yeah, it's, dude, it's interesting because there are there is more concepts here to be fleshed out. Um, like right now, the word that I call basically like let's talk about the payload that goes to Livewire. Let's talk yeah. V three names because V two names I. I'm like fuzzy on even right now. There's like server memo and memo and stuff, whatever. V3 is um, diff, which is a an object of of like updates to apply to properties that were ha- that got triggered from like a wire model defer type thing. So it's like a patch almost. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. So anything that you so like if a key exists in this diff then we're going to update it in exactly so it's like a it's like a merge yes and is it recursive do you have like recursive merge no it's dot notated but like is yeah yeah i mean you can deep okay so you can deep update things i think the keys are necessarily dot notated you know as opposed uh-huh. to like tree i could be wrong on that i'm pretty sure that all the keys are so if you removed like one item if you added an item to a deeply nested object mm-hmm. in diff, the key would be like item dot this dot that dot this, mm-hmm. and then the value would be that value. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if there was like two updates, it would be two items, two dot mm-hmm. notated keys, two values, which is verbose and not like payload friendly. It's just, I don't remember why I did it that way. I think I had a hard but time. But if I want to say I have like a, a tree nested item right like say i have an item that's like an array of objects or whatever yeah or just say like an array of strings right so if i wanted to update two of those strings obviously that is going to be two separate keys and two separate values if i want to replace the entire array of strings yeah that one one? okay yeah should be 
Um, if it's not, I need to rewrite it to be, but I think it is. Sure. Okay. Um, anyway, okay. carry on. So you have diffs. that's an important concept. So there's there's the snapshot. Yep. And then when that contains all the date, the hydration e data, like the raw yep. data, then there, so there's a snapshot. There's the there's diffs, diffs, and then there's calls. Calls Those are the are three concepts. Calls. calls are method calls. Yes. So those uh-huh. are the three concepts. So what we're talking about is a fourth concept, I think. Maybe not. Maybe that's maybe this is just a diff, right? Well, right. What you're talking about. What if there about... was a fourth concept called edits or something? Where it's a diff, but it specifically is coming from a wire model or some such. That's what thing. the diff is. That's what the diff is. That's what the okay. diff is. Okay, cool. So we have the concepts you're looking for in a sense. And so in LiveWire, there's lots of things where I just hook into hydrate and dehydrate. But then there's also lots of things where I hook into the diff to see like you're is updating thing... like locked properties. The implementation for locked properties is literally like on diff or on you know merge diff or whatever. It's like scan that list. Is there a key? Look up that property. Does it have locked as an attribute? Okay, now throw an exception and don't allow that thing to actually be updated. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But it's already been hydrated. And so. just for the listener, like the server memo is like hashed, right? So like there, we have a hash of the <clears throat> server memo and therefore pe- the user can't just like directly edit something in the server memo and have that like get hydrated on the back end. Yes. Correct? Yes. Okay. So the so that you're aware like because this security concern right of like a user being able to like directly update something in the database by like changing a property on something that later gets saved the only way to edit something on that eloquent model is to go through the diffs like they can't edit the server memo that's the only thing that ever updates which means that if we go the way that we were talking about and have uh validation happen before the edit then it like by go by adding something to the diffs, you're forcing it to go through validation. Yeah. Which means that you're unable to mm-hmm. edit anything without going through validation. Anyway, just tying that together for the right. user. No, yeah. There's I mean, we're throwing like everything out there. Um I'm actually gonna look right now at the so I have a file called update components that handles all this lifecycle stuff. And when we're going from a snapshot, so I do the hydration. Then I update the properties. So that was like a big question for me. It was like, you have this raw data. Do you apply the diff to the raw data and then hydrate? Or do you hydrate data into like an eloquent model and then apply the diff? And necessarily, you hydrate and then you apply the diff for mm-hmm. reasons of like validation and things. Yep. And with these synths, if you think about it, uh-huh. that set, everything is a synth. Uh-huh. And every synth has a set function. So uh-huh. if you're updating a property on something, that something is a synth and has a set function. And when you when you when that diff is applied, that diff goes through the set function. Mm-hmm. So that's that's like kind of feeding into this like synths are like virtual, you know, uh-huh. um, and stackable. Virtual and not stackable. Why not? They're stackable in the sense, but the like the first one to match true gets gets the gets the, the thing you know on the match function yeah yeah but what but i'm I, saying is like imagine a world where yeah. like synths multiple synths match a property 
Right. Right. And therefore the set function of the first one is called. And then the return of that is passed into the set function of the second one. And then the return yeah, of that is passed into the set function of the I third one. There needs to be a new concept because the, there only get only one hydrate and dehydrate get to win, you know? Right. Like we talked about that, like hydrates and dehydrates. Mm-hmm. Only one person gets to do the hydrating and gets to do the dehydrating. Cause that's yeah. the turning point in the request where it goes from data into a real thing. Mm-hmm. So then what like if I want to do, two, what if I want to deal with that real thing a couple of different times? Right. And then we need a new concept is what I'm saying. Sure. Like, there needs to be a new concept, which. Well, this, so like right possible. now, the, right now I would use a hook for this, right? So I would just yes. say updating foobar, right? Yeah, right, right, right. And then I would, then I would do my fuckery in that hook, right? I would like, like, I can imagine a world where I would like to have some. Uh, reusable pieces of logic for yep. hydration yes um that i would want to like do one and then the next and then the next yeah um and having to write like an updating foobar in every oh gosh, daniel component seems annoying daniel y- you've had an, a realization daniel daniel let's talk baby get this dog uh-huh get this dude okay you have okay, eloquent model stuff doesn't exist right now, okay? Wait. There's no such thing. I've never hey. heard of one. Okay. Let's say you want to write your own query string yes. thing. Query string doesn't sure. exist. Query string doesn't exist. Okay. You create a PHP attribute yes. called query string. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. In it, uh-huh. you extend some base live wire thing or some interface that says you have to have a hydrate and dehydrate you know, method or whatever. Sure. Now you just apply it to any property. Livewire, when it's doing its thing, is like, look at all the attributes that are on this property. Check for hydrate and dehydrate methods. Run them through that. Like sat like all of those middleware stuff. Yeah. You stack them by just stacking them on top of each other as attributes. So you go like query string. So it starts at the model, top attribute like, and goes to the bottom on hydrate and right. then the opposite direction and then the opposite on, dehydrate. on dehydrate. Exactly. Comes Pretty into the property sexy. and out of the property. Pretty it's everything you want. Sexy. The only yeah. thing it's not is it's not in line. It's a separate class. And it's attributes, which is like, eh. I think, I mean, this could be nutso because I do have to say. Because what I, if it was just an my, array of closures? How would well, that The problem with worse? that is like, where does that exist? Where is that set? So in this in this mythical array I'm talking about. Well, it can't be a standard property because you can't add you can't, you know, set a property to a closure. It has to be inside like a method. So it has to be in a method. Yeah, that's and annoying. that's gross. Yeah. Um and then yeah, it's just it's going to feel gross. A pro- an attribute is the Well, way no, no. Dog. Actually, it could be in a property, oh my gosh, dude, but I it couldn't be closures. My pants. It couldn't be closures in a property, <gasps> right? Dude. But it it could be in the same way that you do with rules where you have a property and a method, right? Sorry, I can't even focus on what you say. <laughs> say it again. So with Wait. rules, with rules, you have a property and a method, right? Yeah. So you have a property if the, your rules are static. And if you want to have functions, then you call the method, right? I still can't understand what you're saying. <laughs> you have a property if your rules are static and you have them. Yes, totally. Okay. Of course. So you could do the same thing for this. Yes. And static could mean just a bunch of fully qualified class names that have a hydrate and dehydrate method. Okay. 
So like I could say like I could have an array that has all the properties and for each property I have an array of yeah. FQCNs that reference right classes that have hydrate and dehydrates on them. Yes. So that's but the way you could do it without having to use attributes. Well, no, we want the attributes, Daniel. Do that's we the want part the you're attributes? Missing. Absolutely. We want attributes more than we want doc blocks, but we don't want attributes more than we want code. No, no, no. We do. Let mm. me explain it to you. <laughs> Daniel, get this, dude. Query string support itself? This is the whole thing you're talking about. Like, You want me to write Livewire features like you would write mm-hmm. in your user land code? Query string support? is an attribute yeah i mean that is sexy like i write the attribute and you say hashtag bracket yep query string or whatever and and it could even be a first party composer package like it doesn't even need to be in core totally like in the same way that like alpine collapse or something is right like i pull collapse in on every single project but right okay i like that collapse is a separate thing yeah right you could totally right. I could sub it out. And like I know that you hate query string, right? I know that it is the least loved child of Livewire. No, I it, love it now because oh, I rewrote okay. it all. <laughs> but you have hated it traditionally. Traditionally, um, I hate it. So like, wouldn't it be nice if that logic like wasn't part of core? So that like a person could approach of core course. and just like yes. understand Livewire without all of the weird things to support weird features. Yeah. So that'd be cool. Yep, it's like true. Eloquent, like if Eloquent right, Hydration if eloquent was, was a package, package and if, yeah. if all this shit was a package. Yeah. I've thought of packagizing one Livewire feature that I can't think of. Shoot, what was it? I don't remember. remember. But I, I had the vision. It was like, whoa, for the first time, it feels good to actually have like a composer require Livewire slash something else. Mm. I forget what it was, but, but Daniel, mm-hmm. this attribute thing is zinging me up, dog. It could be cool. It's zinging me. It could be zinged this up, This is why it's so insane. You can add attributes. Oh my gosh, dude. You can add attributes to methods, to closures, to, yeah, to, to parameters, and you can set them as exclusive targets. So when I define the attribute, I could literally say like, this is only applicable to parameters. So knowing this, it's like, this could be the story for extending Livewire, basically. Yeah, and for like, oh dude, that is sick. Like it could literally. And like, what if what like oh what are gosh. the dude what what are the <laughs> possibilities of like attributing the render method, you know, or like I know that's what dude that's why I just thought of that because I was like because like my first thought was like this is so dope. Shit. But what about right exactly? You want to hook into the render method, dude? Just add an attribute dude, that extends zing on the thing. There, dude. It's like, oh my gosh! Like you want to hook into any part of Livewire, a property. You know, add an attribute. The render method, add an attribute. And so I I haven't used attributes in production yet. So like... Let me explain it to you because the user okay. might not know either. So don't look it up. Let me just explain okay, I'm it not, to you. I've, I've stopped looking it up. Yeah. So the syntax... If you I mean, a, I... Sorry. Well, I'm just... For the user, Daniel. Okay. Not everybody's on your level, Daniel. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, I do... I got 20 minutes tops. Sure. Yeah. Total tops. I got Total 15 tops. minutes. Yeah. My brother is in Africa right now. Don't explain why you have twenty minutes. WhatsApping just... us? No, but it is pretty cool. Like he's okay. in he's in Rwanda right now. Yeah, Brock's uh, in Rwanda. Brock's in Rwanda, and he's gonna Facetime the family. Right. WhatsApp the family because that's sure. what the Africans Carry do. Carry on. So Daniel, 
attributes. You have a public property on a, on a class like public count. We have a counter component. Going back yes. to the counter, public count. Yep. Above that line, you can add hashtag, open square bracket, mm-hmm. and then a class name, mm-hmm. and then end square bracket. That is an attribute. An yes. attribute is a class in PHP. Okay. But that class uh-huh. has an attribute uh-huh. above it. So when uh-huh. so if let's say we have count and we want to like what's the attribute we want to add to count? Uh query string. Query string. So we want to say track the count in the query string. Yes. So above it we say hashtag square bracket query string capital Q capital S, you know, standard class thing. Uh-huh. Is it like colon bracket. colon class? Is it like a No. Nope. So okay, dope. You just reference the class. And do you have to like use query string or do you have to type out the whole name? Like can you use Oh, you can import it. Nice. So you yep. can import and then just say hashtag just query say string. Hashtag query string. Hashtag square bracket sexy. query string. Yes. Yep. So now let's go into the definition, which you can literally put your mouse on top of that attribute and hit command enter and now you're in the definition. Uh-huh. Okay. Can, so wait, def- I have one other question. Okay. Um in when you're actually like using the attribute and you're doing hashtag brackets query string. Yes. Is there room for you to pass any other data along with that or no? Well, we can get there. Could you, you want pass to know an right argument now? or something? Do you want to know right now? I just want to know right now. Because yes. I'm working on a theory. You can pass an argument. Okay. It very good. That's all. Cannot it can be like primitive y values. You can pass strings. Mm-hmm. You can pass integers. Mm-hmm. I, you probably can pass null. Yeah, you can pass null and booleans. Mm-hmm. And you can pass um primitive like math like you do like one plus one sure sure, sure. like primitive expressions yeah i got you I got and also you. bitwise things but you can't pass, you can't pass like, a function that's fine you can't pass a function that's what i don't care i don't here. care about passing okay, a function great. so you got that i'm with it all right now the all i def- want to pass is a boolean great done think about why if you want to disable something or enable it keep going keep going okay <laughs> okay so now we're going to command enter into query string to look at the definition of it Yes. The source code of it. So it's a normal namespace class. So yes. there's namespace, app, whatever, class, query string, standard stuff. Above that line that literally says class, query string, open uh-huh. curly, above that line is an attribute, hashtag, open square bracket, capital A, attribute. So there's uh-huh. a literally a root namespace PHP class now called attribute. Yes. That's an attribute on a class to make it an attribute. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. That's that. And then yes. in the class, you have a constructor. I'm pretty sure it's a constructor. The constructor receives the arguments you pass it yes. in the thing. So yes. if you pass arguments like we were just talking about, they would come through the constructor. Yes. And you can set properties Yes, and all that jazz. So when somewhere in your app, yep. you're going to retrieve a list of the attributes that are on a property before you hydrate it or yes. after you hydrate it or whatever. Yes. How do you do that? Well, let's let's just assume there's a way to do that. There's a way to do it. Here is my idea that takes this to the next fucking level. Okay, I'm foaming here, dude. Every, so all of these things, the first argument is the name of a hook. Okay. Updating, updated, hydrating, hydrated. All of okay. the lifecycle hooks. Okay. And so at that point in the lifecycle, 
you say for each property, are there any attributes that have the current hook, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm doing hydrating. It's hydrating hook time, right? Right. I am at the point of the life cycle that is hydrating hooks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go to count, go to get the count property, mm-hmm. go get all of the attributes that are on the count property, mm-hmm. go get the arguments for those attributes. Yep. Get the first one. Yep. Is it hydrating? Mm-hmm. If so, execute it right now. Okay. So now you can get rid of the whole lifecycle hooks as methods thing. Okay. I mean, you could still write them as methods if you wanted to, but you don't have to, right? Okay. So you could just make a hook that is like you could make an attribute that is for a certain point in the life cycle. Right. So help me with this. What I was envisioning is the user defines an attribute themselves. Yes. And they add a method called hydrate or dehydrate or updating or whatever. And that's how they declare they can they can use as many or as few as oh, they want. Oh, that is better. That's better. That's better. Okay, yeah. Your thing's better. Yeah, yeah. Great. Okay, so, but yeah, you That's can That's what pass, I'm picturing. You Daniel. can put as many different life cycle events in there as you want. So you could exactly. have a hydrating and an updating and Absolutely. an updated. Totally. Sick. You have all that stuff. You can literally do anything. You can do anything. That's so fucking bonkers, in that single Caleb. attribute. And if I, it's a feature that you don't want to apply to a property, it's like a class-wide feature, put it on the class. And now you have access to the global hydrators okay. Caleb, and all that stuff. Oh we're my gosh, almost, dude. We're almost all the way there. Okay, go ahead. Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. Say your thing. Dude, this is how it works. All the core stuff mm-hmm. that you don't want to, I don't want users to have to add as attributes. I just put them as attributes on the yeah. base live wire On the component. base model. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then if a user wants to overwrite one of them, they can. They just extend it. They just extend it. and they. Over- how does that work? Oh, yeah, Wait. they just extend it. Yeah. We got to figure out how that works. I'm sure we could figure it out. We'll figure it out, Caleb. We'll figure it out. Dude. That is so fucking cool. We just found infinite overwriteability. Like the- Infer- <laughs> infinite modularity. Dude, this okay, is... Now, Caleb, Caleb, here's the other thing. Here's the one other thing that you need in this, in this equation to make it okay. all work. Okay. You need to give the user the opportunity to fire a live wire hook. So you need to give the user the opportunity to dispatch an event that calls a live wire hook. Okay. So that a bunch of my attributes could have a synthetic hook that isn't one of the main live wire lifecycle hooks. Okay. But is like another hook like um, after request returns from the remote API. Okay. Right, like say say right, one sure. or like say I want to like make an API request somewhere, right? Yeah. And then when it fit when it comes back, I want to fire a lifecycle hook. Okay. And then I want all of my other attributes on all of my other properties to respond to that lifecycle hook some way. So this is the interesting thing. Hmm. I'm sure it's possible, but I can't picture like what would you be even be doing in that attribute in that hook okay uh here's an example right say um well you would be mutating the like a property if it was a property mutating a bunch of different properties all at once 
right? So say, for example, let's just say, for example, I have a thing that's full of strings and I want to translate those strings to a different language. Okay. Right? So somewhere in my, uh, somewhere in my hydration, right? Okay. I'm going to make a API request to Google Translate with yep. the values of all of the properties as they currently stand. Right? Then I'm okay. going to get back an array of the values of all of the properties in German. Yep. Then I'm going to fire a lifecycle hook. Yeah. With that data, and then I'm going to allow each property to pick itself out of that array and set its value. To, right, so like right. the count property gets, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's so pretty, like you could, pretty wild, like, dude. If you could fire <laughs> custom lifecycle hooks and respond to them. Right. And so that way, so say the, um, say the method was translated, right? Yeah. So if there was a translating and translated, so translating is I'm about to send the API request. Translated uh -huh. is I just got the API request back. Yeah. Right? Um, so like when translated fires, if there's a translated method on an attribute that is applied to any property, it gets fired. Right. I think that's sick. So like then you could inside of your save method, for example, yeah. you could fire, you could say, all right, fire translating. Now make this API request. Yeah. Now fire translated. And all and the like attributes in like my pick save it up method, and then mutate I could take input in English and store it in the database is German. Right. You know? Yeah. So I guess a few things. A, that's super indirect, which is the whole event listener business. So mm -hmm. it's something. It's something. I would think uh, you I have to think about it. I don't know. I think if you're writing with hooks, I want to write with hooks. <laughs> I mean, you could. Uh, I gotta think about that, Daniel. I, I'm not. I'm not hook, line, and sinker into that one. But yeah, um, all right, all right. Fuck but okay, it so, is a know, show about fishing. It is a show about fishing. It's a what? It's a show about fishing. This show. That's right, Daniel. Mm -hmm. Attributes are a straight up data structure now. Like they're like when you're gonna read a book, this is the thing. Attributes are not just fancy doc blocks. Now, after our freaking powwow, I think it's gonna they be, might like, be the whole juice. When you learn about PHP and object oriented programming, it's like in PHP, your abstractions are classes, traits, interfaces. And, and attributes. attributes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it is pretty sick. It's like, oh my gosh, you need to sprinkle in a little bit of smeckle here and there. It's like attributes. Oh my gosh, dude. Oh, and there's so many crazy things. Dude, wait till Taylor sees this shit and starts fucking up completely from the ground up. He's been work. I he's been like allowing a few attributes into Laravel. Really? But he hasn't. He hasn't been letting it go crazy. Right, but right, like right. if you let it go crazy, I know. And then the I, community learns how to use attributes really well because you let it go crazy. Yeah, I think, I think that frees Taylor up to let it go crazy. It's time to go crazy on attributes. Honestly, it's time. This I'm so hesitant because this is Dude, like fucking a watershed send it, thing. baby. I know, send it. I already was toying with some stuff today. Let's that push I was these like, motherfuckers out of their comfort zone. Let's do it. Like fucking you are you a programmer or are you a mouse? Here's the problem with attributes. I I know. 
I have like entered in other people's code bases like Java um, Spring framework, and I was helping my brother with his bootcamp mm-hmm. and my buddy's um, C Sharp.net app and stuff. I enter these these other ecosystems, and they have these attributes on stuff that say like, you know, get like to declare like this thing is part of a route, and you know all this stuff. And I'm like. It's what? weird. It's weird. It's yeah. weird. And it's like, what? Where and is it's a little, it's what like magic that? and there's hidden action. Yes. It is not great. But that's hooks for you, baby. Like if you're going to have know. hooks, you're going to have hidden action. Like, dude, to and tell I'm you. so stuck here because it's like from where I'm standing, the potential is so huge that I'm like, this is such an obvious thing. Go nuts at it. But then I have to keep in mind my feeling when I'm entering those other code bases and going, ew, like how but But this is the thing it's only ooh because you don't get it because you're not in you don't write that language right i know but like if you get it is we're not going to keep not knowing attributes in php land like at some point we're going to have to fucking learn the language you got to learn the language that's might be time to learn the language you know i'm the last person to learn the language i have like never written a return for real yeah like ever well that's that is something broken about you but it's fine you write types dog yeah, dude. When it was doc blocks, I didn't do it because that's gross. But like now it's a first party language feature. I'll write a return type. Why not? No way, dude. I yeah. never do. Especially if it's like a <laughs> popo. Dude, should I just go whole hog and just type everything in LiveWare V3? Caleb, PHP? just don't install PHP Storm. That's the that's the okay. limit. That's it. Right. Okay. Because so once it's, you it's install cool PHP like Storm, use. you'll start doing bad things to your code to support your IDE. Right, right. Like Chris Morell does. Yeah. Right. And we don't want that. Yeah, that, so, that makes you a bad developer. No yeah, doubt. don't become boss Chris about it. But like, I think attributes are kind of cool now that we've talked. Right, dude? I woke up this morning thinking attributes were kind of lame. And I started and debating it. now I think it. they might be kind of cool. I literally worked on locked properties today. I was like, I got to finish this feature. Just tie it up. Start small, whatever. And you're like, ugh, I guess I have to do attributes. Exactly. Start getting into it. Okay, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. That's then why we I do this podcast so we can I'm feel like, good about damn. ourselves. Totally, dude. And yeah. what it, I went from here to here, folks, from the bottom to a little bit above the bottom on attributes earlier today. I yep. was pretty jazzed about them. Yep. After this talk, I'm through the roof, Daniel. Yeah, dude, through the roof. We have just uncovered a brand new abstraction in PHP that is like this might be freaking this might macro take the level cake. metadata program. Meta this might take the cake for like, like our most important conversation about LiveWire honestly like maybe even about php in general call me maybe up until now our most important conversation about livewire was maybe it shouldn't be websockets maybe it should be ajax <laughs> we've had a lot of important conversations but now about That's i true. think it might be what if what if attributes are good dude and then i'm like well i don't want to keep backwards compatibility for everything if i write everything as an attribute like no fuck it all like exactly <laughs> Oh, Daniel. I'm losing my toots, dog. Dude. That's the biggest thing, man. Is also, like, like the biggest reason to not have backwards compatibility is that like then people are going to have to hire me to do f- their upgrades. Biggest reason to not have backwards compatibility. Yeah, that's right. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. this is kind of a make work program for me. That's right. You don't want backwards compatibility. I don't want backwards compatibility. Okay. Backwards compatibility does not equal equal hours. 
Billable hours, baby. That's what we want. We are going to go so hard into attributes here. I go so hard, go so mean. I'm so New Orleans. Dude, all right, I gotta go. I gotta get get ready. Yeah, Brock's gonna WhatsApp from from Africa. He's in Rwanda. Yep, he's in Rwanda. Or Botswana. What's that? Was it Botswana or Rwanda? Rwanda. Okay. He landed in the DRC in their capital city, Kinshasa, staying at um Staying at a hotel, literally the president was in town for like a dinner. What's that? What's he doing? Uh, His wife's African. She's from Tacoma. So, yeah. So they're doing a little African trip. But, dude, he's telling me just wild stories of like, you know, I mean, he he was in like, I didn't look up like dangerous countries until DRC is the top of the list. Yeah. It's like up there with Sudan. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dangerous country. And they, it was like pretty fine until they were trying to get out. And mm-hmm. like, apparently there's this whole ordeal. And all he said, he has people. to like, we're FaceTiming. There's so many times he just like can't say stuff, you know, because like people are around, you know, and like literally trying to get, he's it's, it's like stress level through the freaking roof. Like people trying to get money from them because um, he's a white dude and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh my gosh. But now, dude, they land in Rwanda. Rwanda is freaking like, the safest, cleanest country ever. Hell yeah. It's super nice. They just landed and they're like being pampered and there's palm trees everywhere. And it's like hey. a super nice place. I had no idea how nice Rwanda was, but it's literally like night and day. It's, it's, it's safer well, than the land US. in the DRC. They don't have airports. No, he, he, they, her dad is in the, Oh, DRC. okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha. Her family is like deep old Congo royalty or something. That's wild. I know, but like, you know, it's all over because of like colonialization and stuff sure, yeah colonization but um it is it is pretty wild yeah so they got you know there's anyway that. you gotta go because brock's you gotta go, dog i just wanted to you know you gotta go dude dude right, we cracked well, the code today for the user and the listener we Whoa. recorded this with zencaster for the first time so we're gonna see if it was good or not maybe what next it, episode what if we we'll can't be... even get the freaking thing and then that All sucks because this, this is a good conversation it's like the best i think the first the first bit of this was normal good podcast there was a big chunk in the middle there where we were just like floundering on models that I wish we should even cut out because this back end is so good. It was so bad. Then we got some useful stuff for sure. But then attributes is like, bam. I don't think it was bad. I think it think was so? just bad. I think you think it was bad because I was right the whole time. Well, that's true. No, I think <laughs> it's bad because when I can't like verbalize the things I'm trying to say, it's just like people are listening it to feels nothing. Yeah, yeah. They're just listening to me like babble about and use words that they don't even know. Because mm-hmm. they're so dumb. Hydration, you know? dehydration. They don't know about that stuff. Exactly. All that. Yeah. I'm just freaking tossing all these things around and they're like, what is this guy talking about for a half an hour? Yeah. Let That's me edit the podcast. it. Let me edit it. You want to edit it? Yep. I'll give you the Zencaster login. You can edit it right in here. No, no, no. You just give me the file. Oh, I can edit it in this? Yeah. It's <gasps> got an editor. And I think you can edit it using the transcript. I think you can just like cut out oh my sections gosh, using the dude. transcript. Sick. Okay. Yeah. Um, cue the outro music and then uh, bum, yeah. Bum, 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 bum.